What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Beyond Good Enough. Uh, this is your host, Jay Aaron. And I'm coming at y'all tonight with a wrestling review. Yeah, I know. Another wrestling review. So this one was supposed to be me, Draco, and Steven doing this fucking shit show. Because apparently Draco was supposed to be the entertainment. While Steven and I watched AW Full Gear this year. Talk about it. But Steven has things to do tomorrow. And if I punch Draco in the throat, well, I'll be wrong. I mean, I feel like both. I owe both these niggas a punch in the throat for leaving me to do this shit by myself. But alas, I'm going to do this shit by myself. And y'all know how we do things. When it's the three of us, we go up and down the match card and talk about what happened. And since I'm talking AEW before I get in the full gear, I just want to get into some shit that this Fucking whiny dipshit owner Tony Khan said. Tony Khan is the owner of AW fucking money. Yeah. Fucking money mark. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. This dipshit, this dipshit is a goddamn money mark who really should stick to armchair fantasy booking. And fold any of the AEW marks. Start talking. I rip WWE just as much. I talk bad about WWE just as hard. And I'm seriously starting to hate wrestling in general. But uh, anyway, let me go... Let me go into what this dipshit said. So, this motherfucker was asked if AEW would put on an all-women's event, kind of like what the NWA did this past year in Power and Impact. They did Knockouts Knockdown. So, he was asked if AEW had any plans or if they hoped to contribute maybe an all-women event of their own sometime. So this dipshit does not give the reporter a chance to finish her sentence. I got to read exactly what this son of a bitch said. I got to read exactly what this son of a bitch said for y'all to understand if Y'all didn't hear this. Okay. And Tony Khan responds before she even gets her question out completely. 
me see if I can do Tony Khan's voice. I'm going to cut your question off right there because I don't think I get enough credit for what I did for the NWA show because a good number of the people who wrestled on the NWA show were wrestlers I sent and paid. So I do think I contributed because the highest paid wrestlers on that show were actually the people I paid separately from what they already make in AEW to go wrestle on that show. I don't think they did a very good job of telling people that, honestly, even though it was in the deal we did. I wish they told more people that because it was one of the points I made when we closed it was I think it would be nice if you told people that I'm paying the wrestlers coming because it's a big contribution for me. So I did pay the wrestlers for that show. It's kind of like when you pay for a dinner and nobody thanks you. Bitch, didn't nobody ask you if you sent wrestlers to fucking empower. Bitch, didn't nobody ask you if you contributed to the NWA show? Motherfucker, you were asked if you would have a show of your own that featured all your women's wrestlers. Whiny ass dipshit. So basically, what this motherfucker said, so what this son of a bitch pretty much said was pay attention to me pay attention to me I have money I have my daddy's money I have my daddy's money and I'm spending it shut the fuck up like god damn okay enough ranting about the dipshit in charge of this goddamn company Wasting his father's money. I want to go ahead and get into the show itself. Like like I said, y'all know how we do this shit. We go down the match card in order. And I actually took notes because I watched this shit be a live stream. Because there was no way in fuck I'm giving Tony Khan my money. For the record, I don't give WWE my money either. Hell. I don't really give any wrestling company my money. Impact certainly don't get it. And I really, maybe I'll give NWA my money. Billy Corgan can figure out what the fuck he's doing. So I'm going to go ahead and wait. No, no. I had another point before we get into the match card. So, uh, Full Gear took place on November 13th. The time of this recording as I speak is 12.07 a.m. That means today is November 14th. So Full Gear took place really last night. November 13th. Sixteen years ago. Eddie Guerrero died. It's been six since it's been 16 years since Eddie Guerrero's death. Since the wrestling world pretty much lost without doubt one of the biggest Latino stars there's ever been. 
And make no mistake, make no mistake, Eddie was gold. Ironically, Paul Gear was moved from St. Louis to Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota was the town that Eddie Guerrero died in. Also, where Prince is from. Was. Prince was from. Bad sense. Prince is gone, so it's been about, it's been five years. It's been five years since Prince died. Yeah, I had that right. Prince was from Minneapolis. And relevancy will come into play later, but right now, I want to go ahead and get into the first match. First match was Darby Allen facing MJF. Now, mind you, I don't really have cable, so I don't watch much in the way of wrestling. I follow I follow the results online, and obviously MJF and Darby Allen were feuding. <sighs> yeah. MJF and Darby Allen were feuding. So I can't really talk about the build up. Can't really talk about the build up. So I'm going to talk about the match itself. So again, MJF is without doubt currently the best heel in the business. MJF is gold. Why is he still in the mid card? Why is MJF not on the main event? Come on, Tony Khan, get it together. Like, you're clearly the dipshit booking this. You're the dipshit booking this. You're the dipshit in charge of this company, but you're such a goddamn money mark that you're only focused on Bridey and CM Punk. And Adam Cole and the four dipshits that help you run this company. Well, three of the four dipshits that help you run this company. So, MJF is not only gold as a heel, he's gold as a wrestler. He's old school as shit. He's old, yeah, he's old school as shit. He's got mad fucking heat. And one of these days, he's going to fuck, like Draco said in the previous broadcast, MJF is going to fuck around and end up having to wear a goddamn bulletproof vest to the ring because of the amount of heat that he fucking can generate. So, match starts off. So, the match, so we get into the match, and MJF is in Darby Allen's head. MJF moves to the outside. So MJF moves to the outside. So he starts talking mad shit to the crowd like he always does. This dude is into his character. This dude is so in character. I bet if you were lucky enough to run into MJF grocery shop or doing everyday human or doing everyday human things. If you walk up to MJF and he recognized that you were a wrestling fan, I'm pretty sure he's probably going to tell you to go fuck yourself if you ask him for an autograph. That's how gold he is. 
That's how Inc. That's how into his character Maxwell Jacob Freeman is. That's some shit. I mean, this is the same dude who flipped off a kid. <laughs> Whose fucking father requested him. But MJF is also a class act. He did take that kendo stick shot from uh, minus one. Alright, so. So, why while MJF on, on the crowd, in the crowd, God damn it. He's outside of the ring talking shit to the fans. He's like, yeah, you love it, fat boy. Here comes Darby Allen laying in his dives. Darby Allen is going to have a very short career. Like, this dude is going to, this dude going to kill himself one day. I get that you are a skateboarder, that you're in the fucking action sports, man, but Dude, you don't have to lay into your shit the way you do, man. This son of a bitch goes for a coffin drop, misses on the apron. I'm going to get on that. I'm going to get on this thing that AEW has later on in this match. I'm going to get on later on in this match and later on throughout the show. I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get on this. MJF, he goes for this. So he goes for a backbreaker. And it and it hurts his knee as much as it hurts Darby Allen. So he's selling. This dude can sell his ass off. So, of course, you know, he's got the heel tactics. You know, he's got his heel tactics. He's cheating. Darby Allen, he bite. I think he bit Darby Allen, and Darby Allen ended up biting him back. So they were so. Oh MJF, and then there was this moment. There was this moment in the in the match where MJF was going for a pile driver off the second, off the top rope or the second rope. Well, it was an avalanche pile driver. This gets countered. Into a cutter, a cutter that I recognize from the video games as Diamond Dust or some shit like that. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that name, but that's what I recognize it as. MJF, I remember him hitting his sick ass powerbomb neck breaker. So he's focusing, he focusing on Darby Allen back. Darby Allen focusing on his injured knee. And then there was this spot in the match where MJF so where Darby Allen on his knees and MJF just punches him. Darby Allen goes back. Darby Allen comes up, gets punched again. Same thing. And then this time MJF bites him. Good shit. That was unique. Darby Allen gets his cold red, countered into a power bomb. MJF goes for the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, he goes for the Scorpion Deathlock. He gets countered. Darby Allen's attacking his knee. Now, remember that thing I said about AEW having this thing that I'm about to get on? I'm about to get on it. 
another spot on the apron. MJF hits a tombstone pile driver. I'm assuming the apron is supposed to be the hardest part of the ring. Okay, if the apron is okay, the apron is supposed to be the hardest part of the ring. Why do motherfuckers keep using it in their spots? And this ain't even the only match that this shit happens. Not every match. There's a message to any wrestling promotion that does this, not just AEW. Not every match needs to have spots on the apron. You don't need to do moves onto the apron, off the apron, whatever. Makes This makes me wonder, is the apron really the hardest part, part of the ring if motherfuckers are going to keep doing shit off of it? So there's another moment. There's another moment in the match. These two are exchanging fucking pin covers. So there's these motherfuckers rolling around the ring in in a fucking small exchanging small packages, headlock takedown pins. Darby Allen hits one. Later on, Darby Allen hits one coffin drop to the outside, rolls MJF back in the ring, tries to get another coffin drop, lands at first on MJF's injured knees, hurt on the pinnacle, and here comes old man Sting with the damn baseball bat, making the save, stops uh, Sean Spears, and who's the other motherfucker in the pinnacle? Yeah, what's the other motherfucker in the pinnacle? Uh, I don't give a shit. I just know, I just know Sean Spears, MJL's the leader, and then you got fucking FTR. I don't know. Don't give a shit. Sting stops the interference. Of course, that's enough to create a distraction. MJF goat reaches into his trunks, pulls out a ring, blasts Darby Allen, and he gets the win. But that's right before. But that's after, of course, MJF tries to get Darby Allen to get himself disqualified by hitting with the skateboard. Darby was about to, and the pinnacle came down. Then Sting's old brought his old ass down. Please go sit your old ass down somewhere, skateboard. God damn. So yeah, MJF wins his match. One note, I need I need to never hear a crowd chant, fight forever. No, don't. No. This match, run, run this match back, sure, at, on Dynamite, next pay-per-view, whatever. Run this match back. It wasn't bad, but then again, I don't expect MJF's matches to be bad. I really don't expect bad matches from Darby Allen. I need Darby Allen to slow the fuck down. Because he's going to have a very short-ass career being so goddamn young. I don't even expect Darby Allen to make his way up the rankings 
to even getting a world title shot. And if he do get one, I expect him not to win. But question. I'm pretty sure I asked this earlier. Why the fuck is MJF still on the mid-card? He is AEW's top heel. And he's still in mid-card hell. Is, is there something you want to tell us, Tony Khan? Or is it something that the four dipshits helping you run this company want to tell us? Whatever. Alright. So, next match. So, the next match is for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. We got FTR, AEW's best tag team. Yes, I said it. They're really, the wrestling's best tag team, in my God honest opinion, but FTR is... The best tag team that AEW got. And, and their reign should not have been ended by the Young Bucks. Any way, shape, or form. But they are the AAA tag team champions. They did, in fact, beat the Lucha Brothers for them. They're heels, so they cheated the win. Apparently... Apparently, FTR is the only tag team to beat the Lucha Brothers. First of all, I'm like, first of all, I'm laughing my ass off. They came down. So, FTR, more old school heels, old school wrestlers, because they style is very old school. These motherfuckers come to the ring in robes. And I'm laughing my ass off because Dax Harwood can't even get out of his robe. Tully Blanchard had to help him out. Lucha Brothers had a fire-ass entrance, but who the fuck is this with them? I meant to make a note of his name, but I just did not give a flying fuck. Sorry. Not sorry. I'm already pissed off at this point that Steven isn't going to review this shit with us. And Draco says he's not really following the results. He's not watching. And I'm already pissed off that I got to do this shit, that I'm doing this shit by myself. So, match starts off with a brawl with all four of their asses in the ring. Good shit, man. Good shit. I like that. Nice fisticuffs exchange. And these motherfuckers doing chops. Stops. Lots of flippy shit by the Lucha Brothers. Fine, dandy, whatever. Guess what? FTR, they, you know, they old school as fuck, so they countering dives. They countering dives. Uh, they move out of Pence's way. They move about a couple inches of them. Move out of Pence's way. Catch Ray Phoenix. Throw him in the pincer. Or was it the other way around? Don't care. Whatever. And then at another point, Ray Phoenix, he's he's gonna catapult Penta into a cannonball in the corner 
on both FTR. Uh, one was seated in the corner and the other one was in the fucking tree of woe. And that was, that was actually pretty cool. Then there was this double submission spot, which looked like a gory special into damn it. What, what the fuck was that? A gory special? No, wrong, wrong match, wrong match. So they, Lucha Brothers both, they had both members of FTR locked in submissions. One was illegal. Then, of course, you know, FTR, they're cheating. They're cheating. Tully Blanchard tying Pence's mask to the rope. And apparently, at some point, the last time they did this, Pence had to unmask himself. And Ray Phoenix. No sells a punch from Dax Harwood and then somersaults right into a double cutter on FTR. So now apparently the way FTR won the AAA tag titles, they obviously cheated, but how they cheated was they used the belts for weapons. So they tried it again in this match, and it was to no avail. And I could have swore now next team move they did. I could have swore that I saw these two use the grand amplitude. Yeah. American Alpha's finisher. So the grand amplitude was Jason Jordan. Back suplexing the opponent, basically throwing him to Chad Gable. Chad Gable catches him in a back suplex and pin and goes for the pin. Yeah, that's the grand amplitude. That was the grand amplitude. And there's something else I'm about to get on AEW's neck about. And it's something that Draco has also gotten on them about stop burying your goddamn reps. Stop burying your goddamn reps, man. Your referees are there for a reason. They're the authority in the ring. If the manager is blatantly interfering right in front of the referee, why is the referee not ejecting them? Sully Blanchard interfered numerous times. Both behind the ref's back and right in front of the referee's eyes. And he doesn't inject them. The fuck? Make your referees look stupid. So, two instances where the three amigos was done, which is the triple vertical suplexes Eddie Guerrero did. Dax Harwood did them as a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Penta does them. Ray Phoenix follows up with a frog splash. This is all a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero chants ring out through the target center pretty much in every other match. So there was an assistant stump pile driver from FTR. And then the Lucha Brothers at some point hit their double team move and they win the match. So, 
Not a bad match. Definitely not a bad match. Again, FTR don't have bad matches, especially when you pair them with the right opponents. So, Lucha Brothers. So, FTR beat the Lucha Brothers, and they ran that one back at Full Gear, where they won, where they retained their AEW tag titles, yet lost the AAA ones. Cool. The next match is the World Title Eliminator Finals. So, obviously, you know what? I'm not going to even talk about this match because it was, it was plain and I, it was obvious as fuck that Brian Danielson was going to beat Miro. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Miro complained and whi- Miro's complained and whined so damn much about how he was treated when he was Rusev in WWE. And m- motherfuckers are all like, motherfuckers are all like, oh man, Rusev should have been world champion and yada, yada, yada. He was in the mid card. And the most he got was the United States Championship. Look at Miro now. Where is he? Still in the mid card. What title did he get? What title says he won at AEW? Mid card title, the TNT title. So you're complaining. So why aren't you complaining about? Being in the same place in AEW. So, I'm sorry. So, Miro is in the same place in AEW that he was when he was in WWE. Shut up. Just shut the hell up. Your match with uh, Bridie wasn't bad. Yay. Pride actually did not win with the LaBelle lock. He won with a mounted guillotine after he hit Miro with its with a botched tornado DDT. Oh, apparently the the accolade is called the game over now. Yeah. Yeah, and um Excalibur should shut the fuck up. So, this match was rather predictable. We all knew Brian Danielson was going to win. Next match. And I'm not going to be nice about this one in any way, shape, or form because it's got the young bucks in it. And I hate the young bucks. I hate these two dipshits who spent the better part of 2021 burying damn near every tag team in AEW because they're because they're fucking delusional because they seem 
because they literally seem to think that they're the greatest thing since they're the greatest thing in tag team wrestling since sliced bread. No, the fuck you're not. No, the fuck you not. You look like a pair of jobbers. You look like, I mean, of course, this is your company, so. Yeah. You know, y'all spent, yeah, y'all spent, y'all spent the better half of 2021 burying every tag team that's better than y'all, which is all of, which is every single tag team y'all face. But your biggest defense was FCR. Thank God y'all realized it was time to drop them damn belts when you face the, the Lucha Brothers. So this match was balls counting anywhere. It was a six-man tag. So we got Christian and the Jurassic Express versus these balding, middle-aged dumb fucks. And Adam Cole, who's better than these two in every way? I like Adam Cole. I love Adam Cole, man. Adam Cole is... Adam Cole is nice. Everything about him is solid. I just don't understand why the fuck he's reduced himself to this shit. To this bullshit, man. I don't understand. Why? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get into this match. This is a false count anywhere match. False count anywhere match to me means that this is going to be a fight. This is not going to be a wrestling match. This is not going to be a wrestling match. This is not going to be for the faint of heart. This is going to be a straight up fight. And I'm pretty sure that's something the Young Bucks have never been in a day in their motherfucking life. I'm just saying. Sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. Everything about these two is the drizzling fucking shits. Just saying. Just saying, your punches are the drizzling shits. Your facial expressions are the drizzling shits. Y'all don't. Y'all don't instill fear in anybody. Y'all be trying to look like y'all instill fear in somebody and all you doing is instill laughter in me. Because you're fucking pathetic. So, yeah. I'm going to acknowledge again that this false count anywhere match is supposed to be a fight. I'm going to command Christian, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus for dressing for a fight, meaning street clothes, jeans, boots, meaning coming out to the ring in. Jeans. Yes. Yes. Those three 
understood the assignment. The two dipshits in charge of this company and Adam Cole clearly did not. Now, Adam Cole's gear was Adam Cole's gear, so I got nothing to say about that. But these two far right wing, balding middle aged dumb fucks. <sighs> these two assholes. Come on, dressed in pretty pink. You're wearing pretty pink tights and pretty pink jackets and you got your fucking beards dyed purple. What the fuck sense did this, what the fuck sense did that make for a fucking false count anywhere match? You look, <clears throat> for suppose, oh God, Jesus, Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop talking about their choice in ring gear because they, because it looked pathetic. Punches. Again, drizzling shit. So this match starts out, starts out like a brawl because that's what this Falls Count Anywhere match is supposed to be. So I noticed that there were multiple referees for this match. I saw a rep, one referee in the ring, two referees on the outside. Good Good way to keep track of the action. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. You got you always have a referee available to count the pinfall or ring the bell in case of a submission. Just in case. You know. Okay. Fine. Dandy. Cool. I'm going to emphasize again that a false count anywhere match is supposed to be a fight. Why the fuck is there so much flippy shit in it? Why is there so much flippy shit in a fight? You are not twirling. You are not twirling and doing acrobatic bullshit when you are in a fight. Last I checked, wrestling is supposed to be a simulation of a fight. It's supposed if they work fight, but wrestling is supposed to simulate a fight of sorts. Never mind. I know why there was why there was so much goddamn flippy shit in this match. It's goddamn young bucks. It's a goddamn young bucks match, and they just gotta cram everything they ever watched on TV in this in their match. Good thing I managed to grab me a liquid marijuana when the entrances when the entrances started because I knew I was going to be sitting here for a while, especially taking notes. But again, all this flippy bullshit so unnecessary. So there was this instance, Jungle Boy. So there was this instance where Jungle Boy had the opportunity to hit Adam Cole from behind with a chair. Didn't. And it cost him. He eventually managed to get Cole with... He eventually managed to get kicked Cole with the chair. Again, more flippy shit. So there's this double arm drag on the Young Bucks by Jungle Boy and it ends with him sitting in a chair. Why? Why the fuck are you sitting in the chair during a fight? Then, of course, Luchasaurus 
It's a German suplex on both these dumb fucks. Good shit. Good shit. Now, if you would have German suplexed them outside the ring, I would have appreciated it. Lots. Lots and lots. I noticed, I noticed personally that Adam Cole was taking a majority of the bumps early in this match. And only Adam Cole bled. Only Adam Cole seemed to get color in this match. Snipe. Okay, I understand. You know, that's good. But why is only Adam Cole bleeding? Why is Adam Cole bleeding? Aren't the other aren't the other five beat? Ain't the other five uh people in this match beating the shit out of each other? So why did only Adam Cole get color? This made zero sense. This made zero sense. Um Who the fuck is Brandon Cutler? And why the fuck was he? Why is this motherfucker dressed up like a walking dildo? Like, motherfucker, you're in all pink. You look like a You look like a human vibrator with a camera in your hand. <sighs> but there were so... But, again, this is a Young Bucks match, and I'm pretty sure these dumb fucks mapped this shit out. So... They tried to cram everything possible into it. This match went on way too long. This match should have been at least 10, 15 minutes. I felt like I was here for 30. I'll go back and check the official match time. But yeah, I was sitting here for way too long. Too many false finishes. There was a concerto that Jungle Boy was going to do that was interrupted by the books. Adam Cole goes through tables. Adam Cole goes through tables. Adam Cole was dropped on a ladder. So we got motherfuckers getting DDT'd on ladders. We getting we get Adam Cole. Yeah, a lot, a lot of ladder bumps. A lot of ladder bumps. So there was a stupid. So again, again. Why is every match on this damn card featuring a spot on the apron? Don't mean shit. Clearly, the apron is not the hardest part of the goddamn ring because we got Luchasaurus. No, we got Adam Cole, German Suplex, and Luchasaurus on the apron after the other two matches. No, after the other three matches had spots on the apron. And, nope, I actually kept track because this is a, this is a Young Bucks match. <sighs> the grand total, I counted, the grand total for super kicks in this match, 16 total, not just from the Young Bucks and Cole, but from Jungle Boy. Oh, and from Luchasaurus, because Luchasaurus did a super kick, and Jungle Jungle Boy did too. 
But yeah. There were thumbtacks. There were thumbtacks in this match. I'm sorry, but the only time there should ever be thumbtacks in a in a Young Bucks match should be if the Young Bucks are getting planted in them. The only time there should be color in any Young Bucks match is if the Young Bucks are fucking bleeding. Because God, y'all look like pussies. So, so we got, so we get this stupid ass spot with thumbtacks and these two dipshits while Adam Cole's holding this, holding Jungle Boy in a camel clutch. They stick thumb, they put thumbtacks in Jungle Boy's mouth and then they hit the ropes. And then they hit the ropes about two, three times before they stop and kiss Adam Cole on the cheek. This is stupid. Like, why? Why are you doing this in the middle of a match? And then they kick Jungle Boy. And then they hit super kicks. But Jungle Boy didn't bleed from the mouth. You put thumbtacks in his mouth and kick him, but he doesn't bleed. Make it make sense. Make th make this bullshit make sense. Then, of course, Christian has to have a dive from the bleachers because this is false count anywhere. <sighs> Panama Sunrise by Adam Cole on Jungle Boy on the stage. These three fuckheads pull out knee pads with thumbtacks on them, go for a BTE trigger on, Luchaso on Luchasaurus, false finish, false finish, and then these idiots stand right now, let's see, Christian, Jungle Boy, so these idiots all stand around for about 15 seconds to catch Cole while he's doing a damn dive, catch Adam Cole, and then these idiots stand around again, waiting for fucking Luchasaurus to do a shooting star plancher. But the match ends with Jungle Boy getting, with Jungle Boy getting angry enough to do hit Matt Jackson with a concerto, and that ends the match. Oh my god. Seriously, can the Young Bucks at least go one match without throwing a shit ton of super kicks? Like, seriously. These two self important fuckwads. He just do me, he just do me a favor. Go the fuck away. Let Adam Cole do his own thing. Because apparently there's something there with him and Jungle Boy. Next match is a tag team match between Pac and Cody Rhodes against Malachi Black and Andrade Alidolo. First of all, 
why the fuck does Andrade look like Black Mask from DC Comics during his entrance? Why? And then, of course, Malachi Black. Malachi Black's got his own little supernatural goth entrance where the lights go out and he moves up toward the ring a few steps. Lights go out. He's on the apron. Lights go out. He's in the ring. As sick fuck that Cody Rose does not come out in the come out with a grandiose entrance that it feels like 75% of the budget was spent on. Thank fucking goodness he don't come out with a fucking entourage or none of that shit. He just comes out with Orrin Anderson. Oh, I need I need to make fun of Pac right quick. I need to make yeah, I need to make fun of Pac right quick. Um I understand that you're not in WWE anymore and Dynamite ain't PG. So, is that the reason you choose to call yourself the bastard? Because I can be edgy. I can cuss. I can swear. Okay. So can I. So can any high school student who thinks it's fucking cool and edgy to swear. So can a 12-year-old. Okay. Cool. I guess. What? I digress. I digress. Cody Rhodes is in fact a class act because he gives that weightlifting vote of his to a fan who I think was in a wheelchair. It's really that's really nice. Couple notes about this match. This <sighs> I feel like JR or was it Tony Schiavone? I don't know, whatever. They said it correctly that this was not a battle with two teams. This was four people. In a tag team match. It was not two teams. This was four individuals. In a tag team match. And clearly that's what it was. Because in the video package. Pac was like. Cardi Rose. I don't like you. But we have a mutual enemy. I'm going to bury the fuck. Out of the damn blind tags. There was like a blind tag. Every five minutes. In this match. From both sides. Why? We get it. Don't none of y'all motherfuckers like each other and you're paired up. And you're paired up and you hate your opponents more. Okay, we fucking get we fucking get it. So this really felt like a damn battle with egos. Cause Cody and Pat kept doing it. I'ma go ahead and make fun of that. I'm gonna go ahead and resume making fun of that ugly ass neck tattoo on Cody Rose's neck. Why? Why? Why did you have to get that goddamn patch that big? Neck tattoos are not meant to be huge. 
something like that. I mean, if you were gonna get some, if you were gonna get that shit that big, why the fuck couldn't you get it on your back or something? Like that American Nightmare logo is ridiculously hideous. That was really not meant to be a tattoo. Like, seriously. Something else in this match. And it's something I see in every match. Nobody hits with forms in fights. Stop it. It's annoying. Either ball your goddamn fist up or hit somebody with your elbow. You'll do more damage because the only person you're going to hurt with your fucking forearm is yourself. Dumbass. Hell, even if you block a kick with your forearm wrong, you're liable to fuck yourself up. As well as get knocked out. But, but I digress. This was stupid. Again, AEW, stop burying your goddamn referees. Stop burying your goddamn referees because there was constant inter there was interference from fucking Jose. Again, blatant interference in front of the referees. Referees should either disqualify. Referees should have either disqualified the team, should have disqualified a um um fuck a black end. Black and Andrade because of Jose. <sighs> or ejected his look goofy looking ass. No. But apparently, fuck the rules. Blatant interference in a match don't get you rejected and certainly don't get who you interfering Who's, yeah, the person you're interfering is behalf, whatever. Yeah, it certainly doesn't cause the disqualifications, and it certainly don't get managers ejected in AEW. Apparently, fuck the rules. So these idiots waited for a goddamn Asai Moon sought from, uh, fuck pack. And I think JR ripped. It's, I think JR ripped into these dumb fucks that stand around for a good 10, 15, 20 seconds waiting for another dumbass to dive on top of him. That shit's stupid. And then Jose gets laid out by Arn Anderson and then we get a manager brawl. And Pac and Cody win after Pac lands the red arrow. Black arrow, whatever the fuck it's called now. Yeah, and then of course, AEW, so it's got to be some afterbirth, because here come FDR to jump Cody and Malik, to jump Cody and Pac, because Andrade paid the pinnacle, because Andrade paid the pinnacle to borrow them, I guess something to do with the Lucha Brothers. Match after this is the women's world title match. Apparently, Tay Conti is a judoka. 
Um, Fozzie's guitarist plays Britt Baker's Little Ring. And then JR calls out Tony Schiavone for not being unbiased. Uh, nigga, Tony Schiavone, you are not a color commentator, so why the fuck are you being biased toward anyone? So, yay, JR calling him out. And apparently me going in on Excalibur is going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. I need Excalibur to shut the entire fuck up forever. First of all, if you don't know how something works, don't speak on it. Ever. Like, seriously. If you don't know the mechanic, and that includes arm bars. That includes arm bars. Motherfucking arm bars. Last I checked. Arm bars hyperextend the elbow. I mean, there are shoulder locks, but the arm bar is not a damn shoulder lock. Juji Katami is not a shoulder lock. It is a arm bar. Cross arm bar. Cross arm bar. And I haven't done judo in 10 years, but I believe in armbar. Yeah, I believe you hyperextend and you straighten out the arm, raise your hips, and raise your hips below the elbow to apply pressure. So Excalibur, if you don't know how a fucking armbar works, shut up. Don't try to explain it. Also, you look like a fucking idiot in that mask. Why are you wearing a lucha mask? Why are you wearing a goddamn lucha mask to do commentary? Nobody gives a fuck about you, sir. Seriously. I'm going to bury and I'm going to bury the fuck out of these forearm exchanges. Again. If you're going to hit somebody, ball your goddamn fist up or use your elbow. Hell, slap somebody. That's more believable. Do something that's more believable than these goddamn forearm shots. Nobody hits with their goddamn forearm in a fight because that shit's certain. And Tai Conti apparently is supposed to know Muay Thai. So. I should expect her to know that you don't connect with your forearm when throwing elbows. Because, baby, if you were throwing elbows, if you were trying to throw elbows, they look pretty fucking shitty. Let's be real, in my opinion. So there was a fisherman's neck breaker by Britt Baker. And then Britt Baker, Britt Baker hit this air raid crash on the apron. Again, stop with the apron spots in every goddamn match. You're making it worthless. So Tay Conti escaped the locked jaw after being stomped on the steps and in the ring. Britt kicks out of 
both of Tay Conti's finishers. And thank God. And uh, this match ended with Britt Baker winning by pinfall. Because she couldn't get the lock jaw locked on. Couple notes in this match. Tay Conti's kicks did not look effective. They didn't look like they were doing damage. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bury the referees on it. So, I'm complaining about burying AEW's refs. Like, AEW buries their own refs, making them look stupid. Blatant interference. Blatant, blatant fucking interference right in front of the referee and the referee don't do shit. I'm going to bury the referee but not ejecting Jamie Hayter and Rebel. Also, Jamie Hayter and Rebel have been interfering in all of Britt Baker's matches. In kayfabe, you would think that the referee would go, hmm, these two bitches have these two bitches been interfering in your matches, champ. They've been helping you win. You've been apparently you've been cheating. You would think that the referees would watch. Referees are supposed to be the final authority in the ring. You know, they say the referee's decision is final and all that bullshit. You would think the referees would get together in kayfabe. We're talking kayfabe now. And you would think the referees would, when they see Britt Baker come out with Jamie Hayter and Rebel, you would think, hmm, Britt Baker's defending her title and she's coming out with backup. They're not there for fucking moral support. They're not here for moral support and she doesn't plan on wrestling this match fairly. You would think that these referees would turn to these two bitches and go, get the fuck out. Go. Go on back. Go on to the back. Go on to the back. Y'all are not going to interfere in this match. This is going to be a straight up one-on-one match. Go on, get the fuck out of here. At least in terms of kayfabe, that's what you think would happen. Ah. But no. Ah. Don't don't do that. That's just too that's just too much like right. <sighs> Match after that is Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. I'm a CM Punk fan, but I got a question for AEW. When the fuck is Eddie Kingston gonna get a win that means something? Okay, John Moxley is off battling alcoholism right now. Big ups to him. Big ups to him for admitting that he needs help and going out to get it. Because alcoholism is a hell of a demon. So big ups to John Moxley for that one. Mad props. That's cool. And CM Punk even shouted him out, you know, because y'all, everybody know Punk's straight edge. No nothing. I tried to be straight edge at one point. I couldn't do it because I got so many demons. 
and I'm battling them. But this ain't but this ain't about me. So this match was also a fight. This was a fight. Eddie Kingston pretty much was like, I'm coming to beat CM Punk's ass. They got history on the indies. So apparently this match was like 15 years in the making. Kingston felt like Punk didn't respect him. Punk feels like Eddie Kingston is self-destructive. So that's why he didn't respect him. I'm going to take note that CM Punk's been wrestling on TV in his old trunks. In his old short trunks and his brief looking trunks. He's wrestled on he's wrestled Darby Allen on pay-per-view in tights. This time he wrestles in Muay Thai shorts. Eddie Kingston, you know, he's got his singlet on. I think he's wearing black jeans. This one. So this is so Obviously, this is going to be a savage, straight up knuckle up. This is going to be some knuckle up type shit. So, before the bell even rings, Eddie Kingston is seeing Punk with a spinning backhand dead to the face. Oh, that was that was sweet as that was sweet as fuck, man. Because if the bell would have rang, he probably could have not. He probably could have beat Punk and Kayfabe. You know, logic would dictate, okay, uh, yeah, I got the early cheap shot on this motherfucker. I got the early cheap shot on this motherfucker, man. Bell ring, let me go ahead and pin him. Nah, he just wants to beat. He don't even care about going for covers. He just wants to beat down Punk and taunt him. And they flipping each other. They flipping each other off and yelling fuck you because oh we're so edgy. We're on pay-per-view. We're on pay-per-view, so we can use the F word and all this other bullshit. Cause this isn't PG. Hey, so there was just middle fingers all over this place. Punk got color after being after the ring post collision. And then Punk hit Eddie Kingston with these with fucking three amigos as a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. And there's just tributes to Eddie Guerrero all night long. Eddie Guerrero, chants, everything. Because again, Minneapolis, Minnesota was where Eddie Guerrero died 16 years ago. These two, they punch. Oh my God. So. The whole hockey fight thing, they punches look shitty, and I'm surprised that they punches look so shitty during that hockey fight exchange. Because I know they can do better than that. And then it took Punk two GTSs to win the damn match, and he offered Eddie Kingston a handshake, and Eddie Kingston basically walked out of the ring. Predictable. I knew Punk was going to win, so, again, I don't, Eddie Kingston needed, Punk did not need that win. Punk didn't need to win. What is it, 
What does beating Eddie Kingston do for him? What this gets him nothing, really. Okay. Minneapolis Street Fight. I am not going to be nice to this match at all, except for a few things. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be my I'm not gonna be nice to this match at all. Fuck this. Fuck this match. Okay, so before the match even starts, so we got the inner circle, which is Chris Jericho, TNT champion, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, MMA uh, Bellator fighter Jake Hager, also known as Jack, formerly known as Jack Swagger in WWE, and then Santana and Ortiz against Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Teaming up with American Top Team. Uh, apparently, the MMA training camp, and when I say American Top Team, I mean American Top Team, the MMA training camp. The MMA training camp, headed up by Dan Lambert, that was feuding, no, that basically had such an internal blow-up that the Black Zillions were formed. Yeah, that same American Top thing. So, apparently, there's this thing with MMA fighters who get beat so bad in their last fights that they decide to go run to professional wrestling. This is no different. This is no different. So in the video package, we see game-bred Jorge Masvidal hitting Jericho with running knees, running flying knees, not once, but twice, two weeks in a row in the video package. Okay, Jorge is the holder of the BMF title that he won fighting Nate Diaz. And if I remember correctly, Jorge Masvidal's last fight was against current welterweight champion Kamaru Usman, and he got knocked out. I mean... Damn, are you ever going to fight again? Like, as a mixed martial artist? But no, he's not in this match. So representing American Top Team is Dan Lambert, the guy who heads up ATT. Andre the Pitbull, Arvlosky, former UFC heavyweight champion. And Junior Sigano Dos Santos. Former, another former UFC heavyweight champion. Most known for his three fights with Cain Velasquez. And apparently got TKO'd so bad by Cyril Gane. 
he decided that he should just run the professional wrestling. Like, what's up with this? What is up with MMA fighters getting their ass beat so bad that they go run into professional wrestling? Like, why? Um, so Baron Von Roschke was in the crowd before these guys were introduced. I'm going to point out that this was a street fight. Emphasis on the word fights. So why are Scorpion Sky, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page in why are they in Ringer? Ain't this a street fight? Ain't this a fight? Again. Another match that's pretty much supposed to be a fight. And yet, y'all niggas is dressed to wrestle. But of course, you know, American Top Team and Inner Circle understood the assignment. American Top Team, especially because Andre Arblowski, what the fuck you doing to fuck the fight Trump? Why are you why are you in fight trunks? First of all, my nigga. I mean, I know it's a street fight, but you're not. But you're not in the cage, bro. You can wear street clothes, bro. For real, man. Now Junior Dos Santos on the other end look like he was ready for a fight. Got Hands taped up, wearing basketball shorts. Junior Dos Santos understood the assignment. Now I'm gonna make fun of this goddamn blue velvet jumpsuit that Dan Lambert had off. Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker, you look. Motherfucker, you look like a blueberry smoothie. I'm sorry, that's the best I got because it's like one o'clock. Because it's 1.15 in the morning at the time I said this. Yeah, it's like 1.15 in the morning at the time I said this. So that's the best I got. My brain ain't working right now. But fuck Dan Lambert in it. Fuck Dan Lambert in that bright ass velvet jumpsuit. Like, the fuck okay so like i said i'm not gonna be nice to this match because this match was clearly comedy so in the video package they were all like oh we gonna make sure that dan lambert pins chris jericho in this match that was go and a circle understood the assignment but i failed to comprehend why are you got i know y'all are a group why the fuck are y'all in matches why the fuck do y'all match? Seriously. I know you're a team. But y'all niggas ain't got y'all niggas ain't got a match, man. For real. Y'all look like I can't even think of what y'all look like. And what's up with Santana Ortiz and the fucking kiss paint, bruh? And I'm buried fuck out of this, man. Why the fuck are there tags in this, in this match? Ain't this, ain't this supposed to be a street fight? No disqualifications? Anything goes? 
all that good shit. So why are these motherfuckers tagging in and out? Why the fuck are they right? Why are y'all tagging? Why are there tags? Ain't a street fight supposed to be a damn tornado affair? Everybody in the ring at the same time. I guess they didn't want this match to look like. I guess they didn't want this match to look like damn clusterfuck, especially since you gotta hide the fact that three of these fools ain't never stepped foot in a wrestling ring a day in their life. Yeah, pretty much three of these fools ain't never stepped in a wrestling ring a day in their life. But uh, I'm going to say out of American Top Team, Junior Dosanzos did not look bad. He understood the assignment. And he took bumps like a damn champ. Dan Lambert understood his assignment as well. He played, he played the chicken shit, cowardly heel that Chris Jericho wanted to get his hands on. And he's like, man. And he picked his spots. Okay, Jericho down. Jericho's down, so he picks his spots. And when Jericho looked like he coming back, fuck that. He just nopes out of there. Just nopes out of there. Um, Question. This is a street fight. This is supposed to be a damn fight. Why are Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky doing fucking flippy shit? Nigga, Street Fight is not supposed to be an athletic contest. It's supposed to be a goddamn fight. So either pick up a goddamn weapon or ball your motherfucking fist up. Goddamn, man. Took about 10 minutes for the goddamn weapons to come into play. And when I tell you some of that shit was dumb as fuck, I tell you, we got toasters and butt cake pans. And water skis. And of course, you know, you got the traditional weapons like candlesticks, trash cans, and chairs. Ugh, fuck, sorry. Yeah. So you had the traditional weapons, but you had some really goofy shit. Oh, yeah, hockey sticks. Because close to Canada. And apparently the, the commentators tried to play that off. Oh, man. So this street fight is full of things that were invented in Minnesota. Bunk cake pan was invented in Minnesota. The toaster was invented in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, you know, and then. So then you have the. One and then you have the one idiot diving on the crowd of idiots on the outside. You have that moment. Why? Why the fuck is that? Why the fuck is that in this match? And apparently it was supposed to be Junior Dos So again, I'm going to announce the fact that Junior Dos Santos took bumps like a damn champ. That is fucking amazing for a guy who's never been in a wrestling ring. I'm going to acknowledge that. Question. What the fuck is up with the damn footballs? Why? Why were there footballs in the street fight? Why the fuck is Sammy Guevara throwing footballs at Scorpio Sky? 
Like, that shit. Like, that was so ridiculous. That, that was so ridiculous. Oh! Remember when I said that Prince was from Minneapolis? Yeah, remember remember I said when Prince was from Minneapolis? There was a nod to Prince in this match because Jericho apparently pulled a Prince symbol from under the rain and was hitting motherfuckers with it and Chance of Purple Rain came out throughout the arena. So... Ethan Page, and then you got Ethan Page talking shit to Jake Hager's wife. And then Baron Von Raschke hits him with the fucking Iron Claw. Okay, we had a bot. And of course, this match had a botch because we got motherfuckers that ain't never been to wrestling ring before. Jericho was going for a line salt on Dan Lambert. Stayed on the ropes because Junior Dos Santos took too long. Apparently, Junior Dos Santos was supposed to hit him as he was going into the line saw. But Junior Do- that botch was on Dos Santos. Again, he did not look bad in this match. So Dan Lambert went for the walls of Jericho only to get countered with kendo stick shots. Jericho staples this dude in the nuts. And then the inner circle win because Jericho, in his tribute to Eddie Guerrero, went for a frog splash. Rather than the Judas effect or the call breaker, but again, Minneapolis. Minneapolis was the town Eddie Guerrero took his final breath in. So, so yeah, all, so all love for Eddie Guerrero. Jericho was on the road with Eddie, especially in his WCW days. I was home in his ECW days and days in Japan. I'm just assuming because I didn't really know a Chris Jericho until I started watching WCW at like nine. And apparently, Jay Lethal is the first wrestler from ROH to be picked up by AEW. Jay Lethal is officially all elite after the match. He challenges Tony Schiavone, introduces him, and he challenges Sammy Guevara to a TNT title match on Wednesday, which Sammy Guevara accepts. And now, thank God. We are at the main event. I'm trying to make this as short. I tried to make this as short as possible. So we at the main event. And this is Hangman Adam Page challenging for the world for AEW's world title against Twinkle Toes McFucking Finger Bang. A.K.A. Kenny Olivier, A.K.A. Jazz Hands, A.K.A. Dust Mop, A.K.A. That Dumb Finger Pointing Some Bitch, also known as Kenny Omega. 
So obviously Adam Page being the challenger has to come to the ring first. So there's a video showing him riding into the riding a horse into the target center. Can I please rip in the Don Callis? Like, like motherfucker, you look like Tommy Versetti, aged 40 years. You look like Tommy Vassetti 40 years later in that goddamn bright-ass blue suit. Or was it purple? I don't remember. Don't remember. Don't care. I was annoyed by his presence at ringside. I was annoyed at, I was annoyed at his presence at ringside because you look like a fucking dipshit. Apparently, fuck the rules in AEW. Because again, blatant interference right in front of the referee's face. Again. Again. And I'm talking kayfabe. Talking kayfabe. Talking pure kayfabe. Referees see, referees see Don Callis walking out to the ring alongside, alongside Twinkle Toes McDumbfuck. And don't stop to think, maybe, maybe I should eject this disco suit wearing some bitch so we can have a clean match. So we can have a straight up, we can have a straight up match if I disco, god damn it, we can have a straight up match if I eject this disco reject. No one seems to think of that. And I don't understand because, in the, like I said, apparently in AEW, fuck the rules. Stop burying your goddamn refs. You're making your damn, you're making your goddamn refs look stupid. Oh my God, the constant interference from Don Callis got on my goddamn nerves. Okay. So we had an exchange of knife edge chops between Twinkle Toes and Adam Page. Great spots in great spots in this match. Especially this uh springboard government sit out power bomb by Kenny Omega from the Yeah. From the top rope. Again, another goddamn apron spot. I can't even remember what it was because I just wanted this fucking pay-per-view to end. Sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry at all. Can't even remember. Can't even remember the damn spot. But I'm pretty sure it'll come back to me like 10 minutes after this damn match. After this damn show is done recording. Dear Kenny Omega, stop pointing every time you're going to do something, you jazz handsing. You twinkle toe jazz handsing fuckwit. Please. Do me a favor. Stop pointing every goddamn thing. Oh. So, so that was this sick ass flipping avalanche exploder suplex by Adam Page on Twinkle Toes. And 
Fuck you, Excalibur, for calling it a blockbuster. You dumb fuck. Stop calling shit if you don't know what the fuck it is. Like, seriously. Just, just shut the fuck up for help. Like, I would be okay with just JR and Tony Schiavone. And they replace your dumbass with Taz or something. Because you are useless. Like, motherfucker, you are useless, man. Go the fuck, just just go the fuck away. So, diving buckshot lariat to the outside through the table, and of course there always has to be some fuck shit in AEW. So we have a predictable ass ref bump, and I'm going to say, man, I was wrong about this match. So. When Brian Danielson won the world title eliminator finals and basically became the number one contender, I thought that was clearly to set up that was clearly to set up another damn match with Twinkle Toes, this time being for the world title. Apparently, I was wrong. So we get this, so we get a Ralph Monk, Don Callis is down, and of course, here come the Young Bucks. And I'm just certain we getting a fuck finish. And I'm pretty certain we getting a fuck finish, and AEW is just gonna continue. AEW is gonna continue to bury Adam Page rather than do right by him. Because this motherfucker is the top baby face. But as I've said, AEW have squandered this man. They've left him in lower mid-card hell by sticking him with the Dark Order. They fucked him over by teaming him with Twinkle Toes rather than building him back toward the world title after losing to Jericho. And... And then, and then sticking him with sticking him against Team Taz. Like I was for certain that Adam Page was gonna get fucked here. That Adam Page was gonna continue to get buried. So the Young Bucks, they teasing, they teasing interference. So they're teasing interference. Don Callis got caught with the belt, and. But the Young Bucks don't do shit. I'm sitting there thinking, just as Adam Page is setting up for the Buckshot, setting up for the first Buckshot, they gonna, that they getting ready to attack him. Nothing. First Buckshot Lariat, no problem. Then he goes, Twinkle Toes don't go down. Goes for a second Buckshot Lariat on the other side. And her come. And here come Nick Jackson. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking Nick Jackson about to, I'm thinking Nick Jackson about to interfere. Nick Jackson basically nods. Like, do it. Basically tells him, do it. And Paige, and Paige hits Twinkle Toes with another, he hits Omega with another uh, Buckshot Larry. And goes for the, 
and goes for the pin, and he wins. I guess. I mean, I'm happy that Adam Page won. I'm happy that Adam Page won. It's just that it took too long for AEW to finally do right by this man. Now the question is, I mean, to find, I'm sorry. It took AEW too damn long to get Adam Page to the top when all they've done, when really all they've done over two, for over two years is fuck him over. This man would, this man is your most over homegrown baby face. And yet, y'all seem to want to lean on. And yet, Tony Khan seems to want to lean on three fourths of the dumb fucks helping him run this damn company. And you want to seem to lean on your w on your WWE rejects. Like, do you not have faith? Do you not have faith in your own homegrown talent? Nah. Are you trying to prove us wrong? I don't know. But it's cool that Adam Page won. It's just that they took so long. It's just that they took so goddamn long to come to the right decision. Now, the question is. Is Adam Page going to get a decent title run? Or is he going to be, or are they going to fuck him over and make him a transitional champion for when Brian Danielson wins the title? Because Brian Danielson is now the number one contender. <sighs> yes, we're going to wait. And, I guess we got to wait and see. I guess we got to wait and see what's going to happen with this. Frankly, in my honest opinion, I don't expect Adam Page to be champion long. I don't even expect him to make it past his first title defense, especially if his first title defense is going to be Brian Danielson. Because apparently Tony Khan is trying to rush getting Danielson to the top. When in reality... When in reality, AEW's marquee feud needs to be Page and MJF. Like, like you have a top heel. Like, you need your top heel and your top baby. MJF needs to get out the damn mid-card. I'm just sitting there wondering, when is MJF going to get pushed to the main event? And really, now I would say y'all need to be working on that program. Y'all really need to be working on that program. If you went to, you went to do right by Adam Page and give him a lengthy title run, Y'all need to go ahead and just let. First of all, 
need, I need for people to stop saying that wins or losses matter at, matter in AEW. They don't. I need for stop. I need for people to quit capping about this so-called sports brace presentation. There ain't one. Nigga, this is diet sports entertainment. This is diet sports entertainment. What we were promised is not what we're being sold. Let's be real. Let's stop acting like the rankings matter. They don't. They don't. They don't make sense. Why does... Why is someone with more wins ranked lower than someone with less wins? Really, logically, if you want to look at... If you want to look at the uh, fucking current rankings this week, and you going off wins alone, pockets should be the number one contender. And got the most wins. It, he's got the most wins in 2021. Well, well, I looked at him, it was like 23 and 3. So, overall, overall, the only thing. I think save this card was the main event because that Minneapolis because first of all, fuck that Minneapolis street fight. That was a goddamn comedy match in my honest opinion. And it's shitty comedy. It's classic Jericho shitty comedy. <sighs> goddamn, that was mind-numbing having to sit here and do this damn review all by myself. Thankfully, it's not as long as it would be if it was all three of us. So, I'm going to go ahead and sign off so I get some of my goddamn brain cells back after watching this shit. But, let me go ahead and close out with the fact that Laying out of the woods with this COVID shit. So I'm hoping everybody stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Hey, if you want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. If not, that's also your choice. But you know what? I'm not gonna even get it. I'm not gonna even get into all that. But stay safe. Yo, if you wanna follow me outside of this podcast, you can catch me on Facebook. Like they are in Torias. That's a T O R I A S. Name is on the podcast. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram, J. Torias, T O R I A S. You can follow me on Anchor. You can leave messages if you got something you want me to talk about. You can support the podcast, donate, and all that good shit. Leave voice messages. Um, and with that being said, I'm going ahead and bounce out. I will be back. And Draco, Steven, and I did do the review. We did start the series. 
but he added to their reviews and it was as good or as bad as we remember. But uh on the real, I'm on the real, I'm out of here and I'll catch y'all later. Peace. Yeah.